tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed, and a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Are you ready to get your mind blown? Yes, it will. Very excited. An exciting episode today. We're going to go deep. Welcome to Tinfoil Hat. You know who I am. You know what I'm here to do. Uh, joining me as always, uh, my partner in crime, the man, the myth, the legend, XG, Xavier Guerrero, everybody. What's up, man? How are you? Good, good. I love the shirt. Thank Look you, dude. I got an Instagram shirt. It actually came every day. I go, wow, it actually worked. So I got this shirt. I'm very excited. Uh, a lot of amazing things going on. Tim Foyle Hat Comedy Night is in Santa Cruz. We have two shows, everybody. We're at the DNA Lab. We're at 7 and 9.30. Come get weird. Myself, XG, Eddie Bravo, going hard in the paint for you guys. Come out. Let everybody know, Cal, no, okay? The Woke Boys Tour is coming. Okay, this is part of a three-stop tour of Northern California. This, so that is... July 20th, we're there for uh, two shows, again, 7 and 9.30. Then the following week, or is it two weeks after that? Two weeks after that. Two weeks after that, we're back in Sacktown. That's right. More cowbell. We're going to Harlow's. That's a different one. We're going to Harlow's in Sacramento. I believe that is an 8 o'clock show. That show will sell out. It will sell out. The last time we packed out the punchline, but we're going to Harlow's because we're going harder with a hard rock vibe. Go to harlow's.com, I believe it is. Grab those tickets now. That is on what date? That is... Can't find it. Okay, I believe that's the 9th. That is the 9th, I believe. Uh, So go there. It it should be on my website that's up. And then we're proud to announce the final stop on the Wolf Boys Tour. It is... Cobbs. September 13th, Cobbs, we're back. We're back in the city where you have to make at least a hundred grand just to be homeless, okay? <laughs> we're going to San Francisco. We packed it out last time, and we're going to do it again. Come get weird, dude. All right? Those, are the, those will be on my website. I will find out why my website is down. Uh, t-shirts are kicking butt. Go get t-shirts. Go to tinfoilhat.com t-shirts.com okay and then the following one is uh then go to the page oh look at that the new one's up the new one's up kids the new one's up uh go check that out uh can you just look up harlow's tinfoil hat so i can get that night uh go to go to the patreon we're doing the patreon that is great and all this show is brought to you by our good friends at bet dsi Bet DSI for all your bet needs. It's a great time to start trying to make some money on these bets. Uh, go to Bet DSI, use the promo code HAT100, and you they will match any 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 amount of money you put up into your account up to five hundred dollars. So if you put two hundred fifty bucks, there's five hundred bucks that you can gamble with. Okay, we got UFC, boxing. Women's soccer, that's over, thank God. Because if I hear those women cry again about how hard their lives are, I'm going to go nuts, all right? Uh, I'm sure there's other stuff going on. What else is there? Football starts in two weeks. Summer League basketball, it's on like Szechuan. This is the time to go do it. Support the show. Support our sponsors that make it happen. Harlow's Tinfoil Hat Comedy Night. There we go. And what day does it say? It's not even on there. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm going to go nuts on XG in about two seconds. But anyways, that's it. I will tweet it all out. It's okay. We're now done with the business. What time we at? 4.30, dude. How good am I? This show is brought to you by our friends at BetDSI. Join us via the power of Skype. They have a wonderful podcast with probably one of the best names I've ever seen for a podcast. Uh, they delve into the, the mind control and the world of cults. Uh, very excited to have them on. We've been doing a little bit of in, Instagram tango together. Uh, they are the hosts of 
cultish. Please welcome Jeremiah Roberts and Jeff Durbin, everybody. Hello, gentlemen. What's up? What's up? Good to talk to you guys. Look at that beautiful studio you have there. You guys must be kicking like a lot of butt. <laughs> No, yeah, actually, no, it's because somebody we have on staff uh, did construction their whole life, and so we just basically use them for slave labor. <laughs> you had me at staff. You had yes. me at staff. Uh, <laughs> if you could tell us a little, uh, our listeners a little about your wonderful podcast, what is Cultish? How did you dis- why did you decide to start a podcast, and what can they get from your podcast? Yeah, well, uh, basically the way it started is that Jeff and I, we have about a 20-year history. Yeah, and so we initially met um, probably about it was like twenty somewhat years ago, and we were doing we're, we're both Christians here, and we're at, we're actually at a uh, where we live here in, in Arizona. There's a huge Mormon population, so we were actually interacting with some Mormons. Uh, we met, uh, we kind of crossed paths back in 1996. We were interacting with some Mormons together, and then we just sort of disconnected, and then we just we got reconnected about four years later. Right. And then we didn't realize till about four years later, like, was that you? Because I was making a joke because I think he had some sort of T-shirt that was um, – like Christians have the ability to do plagiarizing like really, really bad. Like you mentioned some of your T-shirts you're selling right now. Yeah. They always – there's always something where Christians it's like – Christians can uh, make the ugliest T-shirts. Yeah. Let's just go ahead and say that. That's like, a T-shirt I, itself. I saw someone just now. It was um, – it was like they're trying to make fun of Stranger Things, but it's like Greater Things using the exact same logo, and it's like rolling your eyes and stuff. Right. He had some. I, I, I was wearing one of those at 18 years old. So, yeah. Yes. And I was making fun of his T-shirt, and basically he realized then it was so. We connected like that's how we re, that's yeah. how we reconnected. So basically, for a long, long time, we've had a ministry really focusing on the area of people who are lost in the cults or the occult. Uh, we've seen uh, countless people get rescued from some pretty oppressive cults and dangerous cults, theologically dangerous cults, as well as even physically dangerous cults. So yeah. whether it's um, the run-of-the-mill uh, Salt Lake Mormon uh, chapter of Mormonism, or if it's more aggressive forms of maybe some of the cults that have splintered off, the polygamous cults, things like that. Like the FLDS. Yeah, FL- FLDS or uh, Temple Lot, and those, you know, historically the, the, that train that runs back to there. So, I mean, you, you name it, uh, we've had a focus on different areas of cults um, and the occult, but specifically, I mean, we're Christians, I'm a pastor, and so our main focus has been on cults that essentially co-opt Christian language, borrow from the Christian worldview, oh. and end up distorting the message uh, from its historic foundations, its biblical foundations, and, uh, you know, in terms of how we would view a cult, we see cults as people who essentially, uh, in terms of an, a, count, a counterfeit Christian cult, somebody would borrow Christian terminology, borrow biblical language, and end up distorting the message. And it always centers around one person, and usually, or an organization, and their yeah. private experience with God. And it ends up hurting a lot of people and abusing a lot of people. So, Oh, that's very interesting. This is a, this is a faith based podcast as well yes and so we when it's in we have a couple different programs at apologia we've got apologia radio we've got sheologians we've got cultish cultish is the focus on the area of the cults and the occult so we've talked to people we have a lot of testimonies from people who have escaped from whether it's uh, it could be anything as large as the watchtower to christian science uh scientology that that kind of stuff or even or even the new age we did, we had a guy who recently he was on our show you may have heard it he was uh, one of the top bloggers in the world for spirit science and metaphysics and he was heavily into the new age and the occult and his big experience was in lucid dreaming and astral projection, DMT and stuff like that. Yeah. And so yeah. I just had an interview just talking to him about it. And we saw comments on our YouTube channel of people who experienced that. And then they realized they were, they were messing and dabbling with something they shouldn't be dabbling in. And that was something that kind of really opened their eyes. So it's always kind of cool when you have – you just put content out there. It's really cool to see the ripple effect that ends up having. Yep. When you – you know, with any group – I feel like any group gets just defined by the extremes of their group. I don't care what it is. You know, I think like, on, on a normal level, we're all just people. And like, I'm a spiritual man. I have no problems with anyone else's spirituality, your religion, all that stuff. Whatever makes you a, a feel like you're a happier, better person, treating your fellow man and woman uh, as a, uh, you know, with love, I'm all 
four. Uh, is there this kind of like, you know, and I, we've seen it through the Republican Party where like they somewhat in a weird way abandon the religious right, but not just like regular Christians, but we're talking like the extremists of the reg, uh, uh, the religious right. Is that something that you guys see happening? Are you guys like when I see um, when I see uh, televangelists going, if we don't elect Donald Trump, uh, Christians are going to get murdered by Muslims. And we all just know that yeah. that's not real. And when you see that as people who are very much like into their faith and, and work with people who are into that faith, how does that make you feel? Well, I'm not a big fan of Donald Trump personally, um, and uh, I was a pretty vocal um, opponent uh, during the last election cycle yeah. just for a number of different reasons. But, yeah, I think that you, you, do, you do see that, and in particular, I think uh, you see it today now in the West. You see a moving further and further and further away from what is like or, an orthodox version of the Christian faith something that is historical, say, from the first century onward. And, and much of it, I think, is codified in what you said. And those, honestly, are people that just aggravate me to no end. We talk about the online <laughs> right. or television televangelists and abusing people. And it, they're really no different than the regular cults that we often try to engage with on our show, like Cultish. Even the popular people today, like you would have people that are standing right alongside the president, televangelists. Paula White, things like that. I think those are people that would qualify in many ways as people who are anti-historical. Yeah, and they're leading the way today. They're seen as the they're seen as the Christians. They're seen as the leading evangelicals, right? When actually yeah. forty years ago, you would people like that would have been seen as a minority fringe movement based yeah. upon what is orthodox or historic theology. Yeah, and you even see a cultish aspect, not just on the right, but on the left, too. For I, sure. I mean, just for in some sure. of your podcasts you talked about, sometimes people try and make this right versus left. And as soon as the, as soon as the right gets in power, the left all of a sudden acts like everything the, everything the right is doing is wrong as if they've never done it before. For sure. So if you want to talk – yeah, and if you look at, for example, Donald Trump and people talking about you know, his, charisma, his charismaticism and, and how much people look up to him and how much people just follow him, look at – Look at the last president. I mean, look, yeah. look at Barack Obama. For sure. I remember seeing him speak, and he, the guy's an amazing speaker. But when they, when he spoke, I think it was at the Democratic National Convention in 2008, he was up there speaking behind those, if you remember, those, those whatever, it looked like a Greek coliseum that was set up. And I just saw people, it was like Oprah and everyone else, they were just sobbing and crying uncontrollably. And I was just like, what is going on it is like weird, no one man. knows who this guy is he's been in the senate for two years <laughs> you know and that feels like forever ago and all of a sudden now it, there's like the swing if we were talking about the politics there's always a swinging pendulum where whatever the left does it swings over to the right so in a sense the whole barack obama movement created donald trump for sure and yeah those cultist aspects but who knows what donald trump's going to create but i, I would say there's almost like a cultish aspect not only on right and left but just with where the state is headed in general. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the left and just how crazy they are with this revisionist history of Bar yeah. Barack Obama. I mean, we have pictures of him dressed up in like this pagan demon uh, devil outfit. They tried to tell us this was a Photoshop picture. It is not. It's a, some picture from uh, the Bohemian Grove, the owl, all that stuff. It's, I, I, dude, the, the, every group is defined by their crazies. And it's, it's somewhat upsetting that when people who I believe like we are all the same, like we have little differences in how we see the big picture. But, you know, it's like, you know, uh, Eskimos have 40 words for snow. It's still snow. You know, at the end of the day, we all just have different ways of looking at and how we want to treat each other. And these extremes are really just tearing us all apart. We just had this cult come out there. They're not so much a religious cult as we're finding out. Nexium is more of a yep. sex 
cult, and I don't know if that falls under what you guys talk about, uh, your thoughts on the whole Nexium thing, because that's right where I'm from. I'm from upstate New York, where hillbilly redneck is, you know, everybody thinks the South is bad. Upstate New York, we have the highest rate of meth, we have high rates of welfare, incest. I mean, we are just a, uh, a labyrinth of cuckoo crazy, <laughs> and, and now we're throwing uh, sex cults in there. I, we've checked all the boxes of just trouble. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on that? That whole thing yeah well nexium is that well first of all that i mean jeff you were he was uh, jeff was a chaplain at calvary addiction recovery center uh here in phoenix so he spent about you spent about four years four just, years full time yeah just yeah. counseling tons of people and even people who, who experience things similar Abuse, to that yeah with yeah, uh, sex stuff. trafficking stuff yep, like that sex trafficking yeah. um to be perfectly honest i've i know what i've heard about nexium i've seen something different articles and such and i what i know is that there's someone who's i think is an actress connected to smallville yeah who yes, uh, the yes, confess yes. is now part of it yeah. that's about as much as, as i know but the one thing and so to, to be perfectly honest i don't have a much much familiarity with that whole movement i just seen just mentions of people have messaged us if we're going to talk about it i'm like well i gotta look into it first but what i can say is that i think what is there is what is happening within that specific cult is very part and parcel with almost every single cult and cultish movement whether it's jim jones or david caress or a lot of times even charles manson heaven's gate yeah heaven's gate there's always some sort of weird uh distortion and some sort of sexual abuse or sexual control over their members of what they can and can't do uh whether or not you know who they can't sleep with or whatever whatever they can and can't do there always seems to be that some sort of uh some sort of sexual abuse and uh, part of that and i think that's kind of good to maybe even transition into if you're uh, with the first part of like what's the basis of truth yes. because we would say that when you look at something as horrific as that is Nexium, who's doing this, and and people are suffering and are going to have long term abuse, where they're going to have to get extended trauma counseling for what and whatever it takes to heal from this. Like we would both agree that that is evil and that's wrong and it's wrong to treat them that way. And even what's coming across with the uh, recent allegations with. Um, What's Jeffrey the name of the guy? Epstein. Um, Jeffrey Epstein. Yep. Epstein. Yeah, Epstein. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah, I saw your guys' post on the Instagram. That was pretty pretty well thought out. Going hard um, to paint. <laughs> yeah. So we both agree, like, what's happening there is wrong. But the question is, how do we give an accounting? Like, why? How do you account for how that? Do you, how do you account for that? I think it has to do, too, with the lens and with your worldview and how you look how you look through that. Yeah, so, for example, I, I like I like that because I think it was Sam – I think it was you that you were saying, like, I, I think it was you. Um, I'll take you were credit saying, for it. If it's smart, you, I'll you, take credit for it. Okay, smart. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it, like, the basic thing is, like, all of us are equal. All of us are called to love one another, to not do harm to one another, to, to care for one another, to do things that actually bless and help one another. Well, I would say that's amazing because I completely agree with you. And I think that every human being on this earth deep down feels that because I think we're all made in the image of the same God. And we are all equal no matter the color, no matter the social status, all that stuff. And we are called to love one another. But like Jerry said there, the question is, how do you give an accounting for that? Because like when we do all this engagement with like these cultish movements, whatever the whatever the size is to this day, you, know, you can look, for example, like, say, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Mormonism. Now, it's a much larger organization today, and it has a ton of splinter groups and everything else off of it. But if you look back in the history of the Latter-day Saint communion, you see a lot of tremendous abuse. Mm -hmm. You see tremendous yep. abuse, abuse of power, abuse of women, those sorts of things. It's a much different animal today in Salt Lake. But you have to ask the question, I think, ultimately— by what standard? What's the ultimate authority? What's the principium? Like, what's the reference point? Because I like what you're saying, that all of us are equal and all of us are called to love one another and not do one another harm. But I think we have to be able to give an accounting for that. Because I think that all, all of us right now that are on the show together, I think we would probably go hand in hand together to this cult in New York. Yeah. Right. And, and this, this sex trafficking thing. Am I getting that right? Yeah. I don't know yeah. a lot about Nexium. Yes, yes, okay. Nexium, sex okay. cult. So I think Keith all of us Ranieri. would go hand in hand together, and all of us would stick down our stick out our fingers and look down our noses at these people, and we'd condemn them, and we would demand justice. But I think the big question, if we're going to get anywhere, ultimately, is ask the question: By what standard can I point my finger at anybody and condemn any action at all? Because 
if you think about it today, the, there's, a, there's a more humanist mindset of, say, reality, how we got here. You have a, a naturalistic, materialist, predominant worldview all around us. So, for example, the predominant worldview that I was taught, and probably you guys too in school, that in terms of how we got here as origins, all of us are just descendants of fish. We're protoplasm, bobbing along in a purposeless cosmos. We, we were African apes, and then we were humans. All of us are just stardust, bing banging around the surface Bam. of the cosmos. There's, no, there's only sky above us and only earth below us. There's no heaven above us, no hell below us. There's only sky above us, and all we are is just protoplasm and a purposeless cosmos, and all that exists is matter and motion. Now watch this. Dudes, take that and stand on it. I dare you. I dare you to stand I dare any of us to stand on that platform that says all we are is matter and motion and stardust and look down our finger at anybody. Epstein, whatever. He just did what people do under these conditions and temperatures. That's all that's all he did. I'm, so what if he abused other bags of protoplasm? So what I'm saying is I think we have to ask a question is how do we give an account of the moral indignation that we all have against the Epstein or any of the other, the, these other cults that abuse women. I I I, uh, I understand what you're saying, and I as somebody who you know you worked in recovery, I struggle with drugs. I've struggled with sex addiction. I've struggled, I, and I, I'm honest about that because I want people to know that like these things don't define you as people. Okay, like your yeah. your your mistakes aren't you. You have to own them, and that's the only way you move on from them. But I also believe, and I'd love to get your take on this based upon what you just said, that certain actions uh, will result in a certain type of, uh, I don't want to say the words punishment, but there's a payment that needs to be paid. And and in particular for me is the hurting of children and the... and whether yeah. it's Hollywood, and because I'm deep in, in in this place, you know, my friends are some of the people I see on t- that you see all the time on television. I, I gr- came up with these guys. I've I've known them since they were were uh, open micers. You know, now I'm hearing stories about some of them. And you know, my whole thing is like, if you I, I, the politicizing of pedophilia in Hollywood or the blue checks on Twitter, I don't have time for that. And I find it, I would rather go, hey, let's make sure these kids aren't getting hurt and then we can decide what's right or wrong. I don't know why this is, you know, you got this left group of people out here that are going nuts about kids in chain, in, in cages. And that is wrong. I'm with you on that. Yet there's utter silence when we hear that these people that they work with uh, are doing bad things to kids. When we're giving an, an award to a guy at the Oscars who is repeatedly been charged with uh, this de- these disgusting crimes and has actually paid out people who have charged him with it to get them to be quiet, yet we still give his movies Oscars. Like, what? what is your... And I'm not yelling at you guys, obviously, but it pisses me off. Are we talking about Weinstein? I'm, ta- talking, I'm about? talking about... Uh, what's his name, the, the, the director? Not, oh, Harvey Weinstein, Kevin no, Spacey, James was it James Gunn? Because I know he got James in trouble Gunn, for. I'm trying to remember who's, who's the guy that just did uh, the lot. the Freddie uh, the, uh, the 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 fucking Queen movie. Excuse my language, guys. The Queen movie. Brian Singer. Brian Singer. We've heard it over and over and over and over again right. about right. Brian Singer, and let, this guy continues to work in this town. Yeah. So, yeah, dude, I, Sean, I seriously love your – dude, you'd make a very good Puritan. <laughs> <laughs> you'd make a very good Puritan, Sean. Like your, your sense of justice and moral indignation and, – and trust me, I'm, I'm saying that because I mean it. I believe flattery is a sin. So I'm telling you, I love, I love your sense of justice and moral indignation. And, and I, I, you, you said like let's protect the kids first and let's figure out later like how we justify – all these things. I think it's. I think that our problem we're having right now is that we've lost any grounding of ultimately being able to say something is right or something is wrong. There's no grounding whatsoever anymore because we are literally telling people on a massive scale that you guys are all cosmic accidents. You came from fish. You came from the goo. And there is no ultimate meaning or purpose in life at all. And then we get morally indignant because some guy molests a child. Now, I want to say this. 
we ought to be morally indignant about that because we're all made in the image of the same God, I believe. And all of us have the sense of the law of God within us and the sense of justice and a hatred for that sort of a thing. But I want to say, I love your sense of justice and your indignation, but I think that we're in this collapse that we're in and this free fall we're in now because we abandoned long ago an ultimate foundation. I would say that is ultimately God, the only God and his word as the revelation, as, as outside of us, as what's the, the very thing that we stand on as the ultimate source of truth. And so what I'm saying is, is you, you abandon like God, the source, the principium, the reference point, his character. And now I dare you to try to complain about what somebody does to a child or someone that rapes a woman. Now, I have a basis as a Christian to complain about it because I have actual revelation from God that says, yeah, you rape a woman, that's the death penalty. You rape a child, that's the death penalty. Like there's a real sense of ultimate purpose, meaning, and justice as a reference point. But our culture has said no to that. And it's, some, it's, it's really interesting, too. Sean, you said something. I'm Sam, Sam, by the way. Sam. I just want to I just, Sam, it's okay. It's okay. Sam, Sam, I put your okay. names all the time. Dude, Don't I'm so sorry, be upset. Man. I Don't be a, upset. I just had a seizure like two days it's ago. Okay. My brain hey. chemistry is not. I love it. It's all good. I'll be Sean if you want. I'm into that weird shit. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sam, you said, and, and by the way, you said sex addiction, drug addiction. Yeah. I'm there, too, bro. Like, that's where I came from. That's what God saved me from. And I worked for four years full-time as the chaplain at a drug and alcohol rehab hospital. And you said something, you said you made a lot of mistakes, but I would, I would ask a question, even something like that. Cause I, I agree with you. I'm, I'm, I'm there with you, but like, how do we know their mistakes? Even as something, something as simple as that, like what's the objective basis in our day to be able to claim that truth matters, to be able to claim that laws of logic are meaningful or matter at all? Oh, that's a great like, question. So, that's a great question. And I think it's a very good question. I, I'm following your your way of thinking. And I, I'm the point of my show is to hear all sides. I, I hear it. Yeah. And I'm very thankful. I, I understand what you're saying. Like, my problems with drugs and alcohol are only, and sex, are only a problem because maybe in my head... I've sat here and gone, maybe I could have been a little in a different place career-wise or life-wise. Uh, I understand. I do understand what you're saying. Like, why is this wrong? Why is this caused? I get a little nervous when we start trying to go, you know, how is hurting kids, you know, a bad thing or not? I think, you know, with, within religion, I understand what you're saying. But at the end of the day, whether you're an atheist, a Muslim, a Jew, or a Christian, or whatever you believe in, I think... The most defenseless children, people on this planet are children. They have, they, of all the, of all the offspring born, children are the most de defenseless. They need us. They can't defend themselves. And when we see children who are just taken and they just have no say, I, I, I just feel like, fuck these you. guys and fuck their I'm clicks and I'll burn the whole fucking place down and I'll do it right you alongside know, with you, man. Yeah. Um, Hey, let me ask you this, Sam. So with all of your passion that you have, and I really uh, like, I really appreciate your transparency and I've learned a lot. I mean, I, I'm, we're kind of new to this podcast. I'm kind of new to this, the podcasting as well. And I feel like I've already learned a lot just by listening to you, just being real and being transparent. So even like with all of like your passion of protecting children, and I think that's a great and wonderful thing. What outside of yourself, what standard would you appeal to, to say that you can't do that aside from you just, being passionate about is there a point of reference outside yourself you could point people to to say this is why you shouldn't do that you know i mean i guess like i guess it's, the reference is like uh, children i guess like we grow up with children we see how tiny they are we see that their growth period is like we are we we must protect the children i i i, I understand the i understand the reference but i don't understand the reference because i'm like I, get, I don't know if you need to be religious to understand that or spiritual to understand that the harming of children, whether, you know, we're seeing like these dark arts people sacrificing these children based on old religions that predate yeah. everything we know, like the black cube of Saturn, where like Kronos is met, you know, he is, 
he is like the myth is that he, he he was told his children would come and kill him, so he ate his children only for them only to be tricked later for them to be uh, escape and for them to kill. So it's like this weird thing that we see. So I don't know where if it's from a, a what base it's from other than. Children are, are, are tiny, they're defenseless, and we, we as a society have agreed, whether it's born on some Christian values, that uh, we don't harm children until they get to a certain age when they can make decisions on whether they want to participate in these actors or not. Acts or not. What about the Catholic Church? Yeah, for sure. They're, they're supposed the main I mean, guy is doing it. Well, they bring it. up Mormonism. There's that one guy that just got arrested. A huge scandal of him marrying, like, preteens and stuff like that. I mean, we've seen it. So I right. I, I understand what you well, guys are saying, but I also say it's like from, I, I guess, from, I guess if even you're in a tribe, the, we find these tribes, maybe tribes don't, don't prescribe, but I don't know, man. It's just like, for me, it's just like, I think we all agree that children are mentally and physically capable of making the decisions and that we all agree at a certain point they have to get to where they're mature enough to make these decisions and it's not fair for adults to use mind games and physically abuse them. So let me, uh, so just, I'm going to, I'm going to press on that for a second because I, I, I like it. what you're I saying. It. I love it. I love it. I love it. What if, what, what if we were to take ourselves back and we're facing now, say something within our last generation or two, we're facing Hitler and what he does to children. Yes. Now he just, he just gasses them and tosses them and kills them. Sure. He feels like it's a good moral happy thing to kill Jewish children because right. I know it looks like a person. It's not a person. It's a Jew. Right. Or say, for example, not long before that, we had a bunch of wicked people who were actually abusing black little boys yes. and girls. Right. And they were saying, I know it looks like a person. It's not a person. It's a black child or a black man. Now, their culture and society looked at children and said, I feel like we can abuse these children. No problem. Now, I think you and I, we, all of us would, we'd probably be the first ones to fight on that line against them. Knowing sure. of course, what we know now, what yeah. was going on. Um, we'd be the first to fight. So, but it, I think it does matter though, in terms of like being able to justify a complaint that you have, because I, I love your indignation, but I think you have to be able to justify Cause what I love about Actually, I don't even know everything you guys say, but I, I would say I would probably love it. I would enjoy listening to everything you guys are saying in certain terms of tinfoil hat stuff, conspiracy theory stuff. Totally would. But I, but I mean in terms of like a foundational thing, I am assuming that your program focuses on like one main thing, and that is that truth matters. Like it needs to be true. Pursue the truth at all costs, even if it looks like you're wearing a tinfoil hat. Look into it. Yes. <laughs> right. right. Look into we it. Go yeah. deep. Well, we, we, yeah, go deep. And I, I appreciate that because I'm a Christian. I have a Christian worldview. God is the truth. Respect. We should love truth, pursue truth. We should Respect reject error. Religions. But I have a basis for that. But I think uh, I, we have to ask the question, not just this. Watch this. Let me make sure I'm being clear here. Not just what are we doing? Like, for example, like right now, I'm morally indignant about injustice against children. You're morally indignant against injustice against young children. But we have to ask the question, not just what are we doing, but how can you give an accounting of it? Like how can you actually, how can you actually say this matters whether you like it or not? Like for example, when I go to the Catholic priest who's been molesting children yep. and abusing children, I go to him not with a decree of the church or my own personal opinion, I go to him with an objective revelation outside of the both of us that says, you deserve to die for what you've done to these children. Why? Because God says so. You hurt these children in this way, you deserve to die. This exists outside of you. It exists outside of me. It's not my personal like or dislike. It's what the truth is. And so this exists outside of myself and my own preference. So what I'm saying is this. We have to have a basis for truth, for knowledge, for logic, for ethics that goes beyond personal preference and something that actually exists outside of ourselves. Because I, I, I agree. I think all of us would be on the same page in terms of anger at injustice, a love for truth, a desire for laws of logic and consistency. But it's a different question when we ask, how can you give an accounting for that? Like, so, yeah. and I'll say last word here on this, and this is just quick. Yeah. 
when we go to the cults, when we engage any person who's lost in any cult, we're not going to them with our own personal likes and dislikes. We're going to them with an objective basis on how they can know that they've been duped by this cult leader or say so – just like, as an example, right. jo- Joseph Smith Jr. Yep. of Latter-day Saints. He comes. He's got false prophecy. He predicted the coming of Christ over and over again. False prophecy. didn't occur. He's got prophecies about him continuing in the priest's office until Christ returns. Doesn't happen, right? He's got false prophecy, and he contradicts the revelation that he says he was in con- companion with. Yeah. And so that's how you know as an objective basis he's a false prophet. He was a fraud, right? Yeah. And so it's, so there's a basis outside of ourselves that we go to people with to help them get rescued from these cults. Yeah, and one last thing I'll just say real quickly is that when you, you were talking about how cults, we look at the most extreme examples, and that's the, you know, all the shows do that because that's what makes good, good programming. So you look at Warren Jess, for example. That's, that happened within the last decade. I think it was around 2006 or so. Yeah, yeah. Was... Um, around that time, and people looked at that, and you know, it was obviously it was, it was horrific, and hearing the stories of the women especially who are coming out of that. I mean, I remember reading – Rachel Jeff's book, and it was I had to just put the book down a couple of times because it was just so heartbreaking. Because you you grow up, I mean, I can't imagine someone growing up in a household where you're told your father is, you think that your father is God, and your father is, is telling you that he's talking to God, but that ends up leading to you being molested, not just yourself, but multiple other people. And I think it ended up having being sealed with sixty four wives, and he believed that God was talking to him. And so what we would say as Christians that unless you you have to have an ultimate accounting or standard by which to judge that uh, Warren Jeffs outside of himself, right? Because you're just saying oh it's wrong, it's just wrong just because because you ought, but not give an accounting for it. You're gonna you're gonna fall short of that. And so we would say we would know ultimately that Warren Jeffs is was not of God. He is a false prophet because we have an standard objective standard of the Bible which he did not lead up to. Namely, love does no harm to its neighbor. Right. I respect that. I respect that. I just, in my opinion, and I, I dude, this show is about a conversation. And it's about a conversation. It's never about hearing from people that I agree with. I I think that's a boring life. I think if I only hear from people I agree with. And these are the conversations like William F. Buckley's, you know, Crossfire show where like people will come on and have gentlemen conversations about stuff. I love love you're doing this, bro. This show is about. I would have you guys on a thousand times and we will have a thousand different disagreements and you guys will be my favorite fucking guests, excuse my language, because that's what I like. Because nobody has these conversations. With that said, with that said, I think as a child, there's a moment in your life where you like do something where maybe you're like, ooh, I want this cookie. And you take that cookie and you start eating your cookie and your your mom goes, where was that? Where's that cookie? You're like, I don't know where the cookie is. There's this moment where you were like, <laughs> oh, shit, I just lied right there. And there, yeah. there comes that moment where you don't through through no training, through no no reading of anything. There's a moment you realize right from wrong when you watch a when you're in third grade and you watch these kids fight and they're calling this kid fat and you feel bad for that. That is a moment that is whatever's instinctual within you. You know that is a that's an I don't think it becomes a religious thing on whether you think that's right or wrong to fat shame somebody. There are basic things I think that we realize are right and wrong. I think even from a religious point of view, whether it's religious or not religious, you know, whether you're Muslim, whether you're a Christian, whether you're Jew- Jewish, you know, whatever it is, I think there's this moment where a very big person harms a very tiny person is is just wrong from a moral standpoint, from any standpoint. I feel it's like there's this thing where it's like, nope, that's not right in a, in a organized a society. And that's kind of my opinion. I understand where you guys are coming from, from a Christian point of view. And I respect all religions. I, I do. I think, I think spirituality is a very important part of everybody's life. I don't, I'm not quite sure where the religious comes into whether you're, you're hurting kids or not. because And I'm, this isn't an argument because you and I are agreeing that it is wrong. We're coming from where uh, yeah, is it wrong absolutely. from. Yeah. That's my yeah. We would thing. say we would say that every single person, like well, at least like you and us, and, and most every reasonable, rational person, would say yes, absolutely. Um, you can give it's it's wrong to harm chi- it's wrong to harm children. Um, so I mean, we watched the. Uh, did you guys see the HBO documentary with Michael Jackson? Yes. Yes. 
Yeah, I mean that was. What did you think of that? Well, my pro- my biggest problem is the mental gymnastics people had to do to justify why they thought Michael didn't do it when it's so obvious over years and years and years and years and years. And what it is, and we found this with the people who reject, we're just for the lack of a better term, so we all know we're talking conspiracies, is because they really want to believe they have a giant bullshit meter that can detect all BS. And it got past them, and they refused to admit that, that their BS meter didn't let them know that this guy who wrote just hours of classics was a monster. And it upsets me. I would rather protect the children than deal with how we're going to handle this stuff afterwards. What did you guys think about it? I mean, well, for you... my – actually, go ahead. Were you going to say on. something? I was just going to say – I hated people that it's horrible. What did you expect when you were watching it? Yeah. yeah. You, a, a happy story, yeah. a happy ending. Uh, people were complaining about it. I'm like, dude, what did you think when you signed up you were going to watch? It was his people horrific want, story. People want comforting, comforting lies over unsettling truths. That's what I think we, we're, we're seeing for this. And it's with this Jeffrey Epstein thing where they just, instead of focusing on that their team might be involved with it, they start pointing at the other one. They're like, Trump is doing this. Trump. And listen, dude, I, I, again, I'm not... Trump, Obama, I'm on no team right now. We're having a conversation about this, okay? Uh, th- instead of dealing with, like, oh, man, our, our person might be guilty of this stuff. They just want to start accusing the other side. And it's like, I'm fine with that. You want to say Trump did some stuff? Arrest him, too. I- I'll arrest them all. Arrest them all. If I find out XG's doing some stuff, arrest XG. Uh, deport him back. He's not even from Mexico. I'd send him back to Mexico. So it's like, I, I don't care about the groups. I care about the actions, you know, and what they've done. What were your guys' thoughts on it? Man, you guys would make some good Puritans. I mean, I'm, it's I, 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 seriously, I mean, I mean that what as do you a mean compliment. Puritans? I, don't, I don't know what it's, that means. Explain that to me. Well, the, the people that set up the United States of America, the people that came over um, – in terms of uh, escaping from England, when they escaped from England, they were trying to escape some pretty significant judicial tyranny that was happening over there. There was abuse in the courts, all kinds of crazy stuff. So they were fleeing here essentially for freedom. And when they came here, there was, it was, there was moments of really solid, great trade in terms of trading for land. There wasn't battle and, you know, there was actually friendship and some good stuff. There's a huge respect, too, for private property. Yeah, huge respect aspect. for private property. And when they were setting – when they were initially setting up, they were setting up – they were setting up little towns, little communities, and their first and foremost objective when they set up that town and community was they wanted to make sure that there was a deep sense of justice and pre- preservation of love for neighbor and uh, just a general protection for human life. And, of course, they base that upon, like, God's word and God's law. Um, I'll, gi- I'll give you an example here. This is great because it actually leads into, like, the Michael Jackson stuff. Uh, in the Old and New Testament, there's like a consistent standard, like across the board. It's repeated. It's repeated even by Jesus. It's repeated by the apostles. It's repeated by Moses. And the judicial standard is that you're not allowed to receive an accusation unless it's on the basis of two to three witnesses or two to three independent lines of evidence. And so that doesn't mean that every time you have two or three people saying something, it's true. It means that you're not even supposed to receive an accusation unless it's on the basis of two to three independent lines of witness. Scripture also teaches that um, unequal scales are an abomination to God. So, like, for example, if you have, like, one set of standards for Michael Jackson and a different set of standards for the average guy on the street, like, yeah. that's, that's unequal scales. That's an abomination. Yes, you have to have yes, justice. Yes, yes, yes. Equal scales. It doesn't matter who you are. I don't care if you're Donald Trump or if you're Sophie the wash, wash woman. Yeah. You get the, you get the same standard of justice. But Sophie and is so, shady, right? Can we all agree on that? She's got some shady look in her eye, and I don't trust her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she is a bit shady. Yeah. So, so in the, in the issue of, like, the Michael Jackson thing, the thing that I think is compelling and needs to be paid attention to is that you have two independent witnesses – all with their own story 
and own evidences that are at least bringing forth a case. Now, of course, Michael Jackson is dead. He's not here to defend himself. But these kids not only have their own cases and evidence and witness, but they also have corroborative testimony and evidence outside of their stories that lead into the truthfulness of their actual story. So you at least have to receive their accusation and examine it rather than just tossing it out and saying, no, no, you can't do that. It's Michael Jackson. It's a superstar. You can't do that. Yeah. That's not justice. I couldn't agree more, man. I could not agree more. I'm, I'm really sick and tired of the fine print that comes with everything we do now. You know, political correctness, the fine print, uh, how people, they're, they're so adamant when it's the other team. And then as soon as their team gets accused of some silence, man, silence. You know, I have these rules of the Ronin that I file for politics. And one of them is I don't defend anyone I don't personally know. I don't defend any decisions I wasn't per- personally a part of. And that's a big thing. When you, when you pull yourself out of identity politics... And you start looking at people for what they stand for and not this weird bond with someone you've never met before. Ever. Ever. Yeah. You know, like within the conspiracy community, dude, I welcome all people to me. But I'm not going to defend anyone I don't personally know. I'm not. I'm not going to go, he's a good guy. Hey, dude, I don't know the dude. And I'm not going to sit there and tell you he's a good guy because I haven't had an, I haven't interacted with him enough to make an understanding. And this kind of like rallying a troops around somebody you don't know just so your team doesn't take a loss is really hurting everything. And for me, it is a psyop being done by very powerful people at the top to get us all to not realize that we are more alike than we are the same. You know, uh, granted, we're getting out of our, uh, you know, this is a different conversation we had, but false flags that lead us into these wars, there's a reason they have false flags because they have to trick us in the war because the real power is with us. We have the power. And the reason they haven't just been able to steamroll into Iran is because as a nation, we're tired of war. We're tired of sending our sons and daughters to fight for bankers and to go back to your, you know, to go into something that maybe you guys can identify with. It's like, you know, I tell about all the time, if you look at biblically, Jesus went into the market and he told bankers, you can't, you can't charge interest, man. And if we look at like the Federal Reserve, that is what is going on right now. We have bankers oh, charging Dude, interest. Why aren't, why aren't you a Christian? Why aren't you saved, bro? Like <laughs> you need to come to Jesus and trust in him, bro, for, you for saved, bro. And salvation. That is the I'm quote not... of the day. Why aren't you saved, bro? I love that. Like, I appreciate that. Like, Okay, so here's the thing. Like, yeah, that's a big point too. There, there is a tremendous amount, dude. I, we are like right on the same page in terms of like this issue of like identity politics. A matter of fact, I think a lot of times in America today, if you're if you're a professing Christian, it, it's like okay, great, get in your line. This is your cue. You you have to go Republican side. You have to make sure that this is your this is your team. Your cheerleader right. for this team. And then so we we do that with the identity politics. But I, I think you're right. I think it has to be more based upon at some, some standard that it's outside of that in terms of like there's a rock-solid basis here and a standard. And Jesus held to that, and you're right. Scripture does condemn – there's usury laws and things of interest and those sorts of things condemned by Scripture outright, and it is just wholesale today. Check this out. You want to know something amazing? Yes. We fought a war. We fought a war here. Christians, people, there was essentially a Christian worldview in the atmosphere. Even if you weren't Christian, you were Christian. It was just in the atmosphere. The An understanding of biblical standards of justice, all those things were in the atmosphere. We fought a war over tax on an item, a yeah. small tax on an item. We're throwing tea over into, into, into water over like, you, how dare you tax me that high on this item? Yeah. Well, now we've got like income tax, income tax at like 50%, 40%, 30%. As a matter of fact, check this out, guys. In the Old Testament, there's this moment where Israel looks around at all the other nations and they want a king like all the other nations. And they're like, oh, we want a king like them. And so what God does is he actually says, fine, I'll give you a king like the other nations, even though I'm your king, even though I wanted to be a king to you, I'll let you have what the other nations have. And just so you know, here's what he's going to do for you. He's going to take your sons and daughters to war, and he's going to tax you at 10%. He's going to think that he's worthy of the tithe. So the state is going to take 10% of your income. What, What that says is that that was God 
disciplining and punishing his people by saying, I'm going to let your kings tax you, tax you at 10%. <laughs> when you look at the United yeah. States of America now, for sure, you look at where we're at now, you're like, what kind of what kind of disciplining hand are we under now as a nation? If we're taxed on property tax, we're taxed on sales tax, we're taxed on income tax. Yeah, and you guys are in California, so you should know. And you've got it we're worse than <laughs> murdered by tax. And it all goes back to bankers. You know, it's like I, I, I went on my friend's podcast, Theo Vaughn, and they asked, you know, if I could fight anybody in history, I'd fight Woodrow Wilson because I go back in time and knuckle up with this dude because he basically gave us a personal income tax on Christmas Eve that was basically a conception at, you know, they call it the creature of Jekyll Island, which is all these bankers got together and gave us the Federal Reserve and the personal income tax. And that is going back to what you're talking about, this kind of dark arts attack tax on us that we all didn't get to vote on and now our taxes that we have to pay under penalty of law or else we will go to jail and they will punish us like they'll purposely put us in a very hard spot if they we don't pay our taxes and now what you know you were talking about uh throwing the t over there was a push against you know no representation without with taxation no no taxation without representation excuse me you know and that's what we have right now we have people trying to push us in the war bailing out banks all this stuff that we don't even get the vote on this is just done trillions of dollars in debt lost money and none of it is voted on and we have no representation and this is straight up going back to scripture and what jesus was saying i get yelled at about that but it's just true he said no you can't charge interest and that's exactly what's going on right now when are you coming when are you gonna come what, back to phoenix man I feel what like podcast we need what podcast is this dude you sound like you sound like a 16th century theonomist <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'm going for finally well, somebody gives well, me first, my representation. let me just say sam first you need jesus you got to come to him you got to be saved second of all let's jesus. get to Let's get to work, though, because like we're we're like right we're lined up together. So. Yeah, hey, let me ask you this. Um, I want to get your thoughts on this too, because you've talked just a little bit about what's going on in the prison system and the the whole prison industry. I think that's a huge problem, especially like right now. I think what's the what's the percentage in California of like the incarceration rate? Uh, isn't it? It's, Isn't it just over the top? Or yeah, tell it's me humongous. About I think we I have a giant problem. Uh, this young lady, if you want to call her a lady, Carmilla Harris, who's running as a uh, bleeding heart liberal, has locked up more black people than anybody in the history of California. She wanted to lock up children for being late or truant for school. I mean, this is who's running as these liberals. So now, you know, we can get into this. I'm a liberal in the sense that, like, civil rights, okay? Like, like right. the love yeah. thy fellow man, that kind of liberal. Not this, like, insanity that is being done as a psyop to get us to go, oh, these stupid liberals. Like, 10-year-old drag queens, you know? I like, what are we talking about here? And by the way, just to let you know that a ton of, the, ton of serial killers all were dra- all became, or a big fat factor or a common factor in serial killers is that these guys had crazy moms who dress him up as girls as children i mean it's just a fact okay so i mean it's like this is the crazy liberalism when i talked to you guys earlier about like these extremists of 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 religion when they talk about how if we don't vote for donald trump they're gonna slaughter all christians and we're all like okay pump the brakes cuckoo okay it's the same thing on the other side with this it just you know for me it's like we got to stop allowing the crazies in all of our groups to define us to the rest of the other groups. That's my whole point. So the prison yeah, system's it, broken. The biggest people pushing against drugs and alcohol. And I know that, you know, we all have we have drug problems in our past. When I say drugs should be legalized, I'm not saying it because I think everybody should be doing drugs. I think it's like, listen, man, as a man who struggled with drugs and beat the, the addiction, okay, if I go to jail for drugs, I can quit drugs, but I can never stop being a felon. And what we've seen is these prison systems and these unions have been pushing and ha- trying to stop the legalization of drugs, because, not because they, they, they think drugs are bad. They're doing it simply because they know their budget's going to go down. And that yeah. is disgusting to me. 
It shouldn't be for yeah, the dude, drug I'm, you do. It should be for the crime you do on the drug. Yeah, if I steal because I need drug money, theft is already. Well, it's like alcohol. You can drink as long as you don't fucking drive. Yeah. Once you drive, you're putting other people at risk, and that's when it should fucking go down. Thought, thoughts, yeah. gentlemen. Let me, let me tell you just a story just real quickly. Uh, I was working uh, – the job I had back in 2008, like when the, econ- the economy tanked, I got laid off, and I had to work at some ghetto collection agency. And But I worked to next to a guy, and he was from Compton, and – Funny thing is that he always walked with his arm just kind of always to his side. And someone asked him, like, hey, why is your arm always like that? He's like, oh, that's when I got shot. <laughs> and they were always, like, freaking out. He's telling the whole story and stuff. That he was just from Compton, and he just was – when his younger days, he got himself in trouble, and he, he did have a felon on his record. And me and him became he good friends. In fact, he was a Christian. He was a single father, and he loved Jesus, and he just got it in a lot in his life. What I found is that I got a job actually at a bank <laughs> – and um, actually, I got a job at Chase Bank. I'll say that. And there's oh, this funny Chase. talk. That's funny where my money's at. Satan. Satan. Yep. Oh. And um, turns he's out a, he's a, oh yeah. Because so uh, that's where my money's at. And I, well, he applied. I got the job, and I gave him my referral link. He was interviewing for them, and sure enough, this report of this felon when he's he's 38 is a single father wants to support three kids. Completely has turned his life around. And they pull up on his record this felon that this felony he got when he was 18 years old in Compton. This is 20 years later. They wouldn't hire him. There's no way. There's nothing he can do to men for it. There's nothing he can do to atone for it. So it's just um, Jeff. Yeah. What would you say about the well, justice? Well, system? that's what, what I was gonna say. Is like, hey guys, check this out. Let your appetite just a little bit here in terms of like. You guys are big into conspiracy theory stuff. You love to like look at this and and you you want to dig in and and you're big on justice. So check it out. Like the prison system now is nuts. It is insane. It's out of control. It's abusive. I'll even go so far as to say this. I dare you to look in Scripture. There's an entire system of justice in Scripture in terms of repayment, of, of theft, and those sorts of things. Um, people abuse a child. Let's say, they say there's an issue of like rape or abuse of a child. It's just execution in Scripture. There's not... And there's not something in terms of like you have 90 years in jail kind of a thing. The idea of of taking a human being and caging them up behind bars is unethical. Yep. I I would say actually, according to Scripture, there is no long-term prison system in Scripture because the idea of taking a human being, an image bearer of God, and putting them behind bars and keeping there like an keeping them there like an animal is abuse and it's abhorrent to do that sort of a thing. So in Scripture, there's no prisons. In Scripture, there are no penalties for drug and alcohol abuse. It's seen as a sin, but it's not seen as a crime. I like that. Uh, there's in Scripture. There's no. Uh, there would be no. There'd be no basis for property taxes in Scripture because that would be considered theft. In Scripture, if you own something, there's there's one law. You know it already. It's the basis of all property uh, uh, in in, the, in 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 Scripture, and that is, you shall not steal. So in Scripture, if somebody owns something, nobody can touch it. It belongs to you. No one can touch it, even if they have a black robe and a fancy pen. Yeah. So it, doesn't matter if it doesn't matter if they're a judge. It doesn't matter if they're a government official. In Scripture, you should not steal moves its way out into all kinds of other property things. So there's no property taxes allowed under biblical standards of justice. No income taxes are allowed under biblical standards of justice. And so there, that, this is what I'm getting at in terms of when we think as Christians about, like, look, we want a, a standard outside of ourselves, a standard of justice that is right, that is good, that is true, something that blesses and cares for neighbor. I think it, it matters a lot because when you get down to, like, where we're at today, where you've got people, like, caged up like animals, image bearers of God, who are worthy of our love, value, dignity, and respect— they're caged up, up like animals. Why? Because they got caught with marijuana. Right. I couldn't they agree got with caught you more. With cocaine. And so what I'm saying is, is I do believe that the abusing drugs and alcohol is idolatry. Like it's trying to find peace and wholeness and satisfaction elsewhere other than God. I think that it's a failure. Of course, I think it's sin, but it's not a crime. You you can't cage a human being up according to scripture because because of that it's not a crime it's a sin and a sin is solved in a different way not by cages and bars and steel and and brick and mortar 
it's solved by a, a greater Savior, who is Jesus, who died and rose again, and that's a gift. But so in other words, so uh, there's there's my spiel in terms of like I, I'm with you on that. I'm totally with you on what that. Do you think, my whole opinion on this is let's take drugs. I mean, on this show, we've had many guests come on breaking down the history of drugs. And a, a very common theme is that the CIA is a very much a big part of the drug trade. They are both the supplier and the police enforcement of it. They are making money. Uh, and this is Sam Tripoli talking, not cultish talking. They are making a dollar on each part of this thing. They are the, they, you know, it's like we've said before, El Chapo was just a district manager, okay? This was his district. He was in charge of this. And they bring it in and they make money on each part of this thing. There is a giant, giant, money-making scheme that's involved with locking up people, and in particular, locking up poor people. Both both drugs, prostitution is a poor person's crime. We could get into the morality of prostitution. That's, enough, that's our next episode that we do together. Um, but what I'm talking about, because we see poor people walk the streets. We've seen rich, I don't know how it is in Phoenix, uh, but billboards here dedicated to what they call sugar dating okay which is just rich girls doing it and that's out in the open we wouldn't send rich girls to prison when i get into so the the whole prison system and drugs is all a money making scheme for the same people who both ship in the drugs and own the prisons now when we get into capital punishment when it comes to certain things like you know uh pedophilia and murder those are both things i think we can agree if there is a reason for the final judgment which is killing somebody those are in fact the crimes that i think most of the people would agree deserve yeah. those things here's where i have a problem and it's why i don't support the death penalty is because there's too much of a human element to it meaning we have seen over and over again overzealous prosecutors just trying to put up numbers on the record and we have unfortunately seen white racist juries convict black men and women of crimes that the evidence did not show they did it and it's because right. they are black we are saying and i would rather have a million guilty men do life in prison for murder than have one innocent man be put to death for a crime he didn't commit because that man could someday be me we think it's not me. It will never happen to me. But you know what? You never know when you're just in the wrong place at the wrong time and you got cops who need to jack up their record or they're just psychos and they just don't care if you're right or wrong. They just want to watch the world burn. So I, I am very – those are the ins- – I would love an idealistic world where, like, this guy's guilty – you know, you have that trial in Russia where the guy was so obviously guilty, the Russians didn't even take him to death row. They brought him outside, they shot him. I would love it that to be if we knew a hundred percent that these these jurors right. we asked to judge these men were, were pure of heart and could put their own beliefs on race away and go, who did this guy really do it? That's my opinion. Or with females. Right. How many How many of them lie? How many men would have gone down with, oh, this guy raped me? Yeah. And they don't. Because you're going to have to shoot oh, him like yeah, you said. Oh, yeah, that mom who put their kids in the car and drove them into the thing. It's like, my dad touched me. Oh, okay, well, you don't have to. We're not going to kill you, but <laughs> you're a guy. So check, so check this out. In terms of, like, biblical standards of justice, there's a whole case law system in Scripture in terms of how you manage these things. Because I agree with you. You're right. You don't want to hand a death penalty uh, privilege, uh, the issue of justice, to people today who just are just random, willy-nilly, ollie-ollie, oxen-free, like, right. you know, whatever comes, comes. I've sat in court as a pastor in front of situations where I've watched judges abuse people on the basis of no evidence whatsoever. So yeah. you're, I agree with you. I wouldn't want to hand it to them willy-nilly. But what's interesting here is there's two points here. In Scripture, in terms of a case law system, in terms of like what has to be in place for you to convict somebody, is you can't even receive an accusation against somebody unless it's on the basis of two to three independent lines. So they can't be corroborating. 
They can't be coordinating with one another. They have to be independent lines of evidence and witness. That could be video camera footage. That could be DNA evidence. It could be an actual eyewitness who was there. But that's what you need in order to actually get this thing even received as an accusation. But then the next step is, is that those witnesses, according to Scripture, have to be thoroughly examined, and you have to work rigorously to refute their testimony to see if they're lying. And then check this out. Here's the protection and biblical standard of justice that you have in terms of like somebody going to court and being willing to lie. And here, here's the rule in Scripture. If a witness is lying on the stand, then they receive whatever the punishment is that the accused would have gotten. I love that. I love that with prosecutors, too. When they knowingly <laughs> convict a man and send him, they should do the time that they did to that guy. Yeah, so the protection is— yeah, so the protection in biblical standard of justice is that all the witnesses who come to testify, they know if I'm lying through my teeth, then I'm going to get whatever was actually handed out to him yeah. if I'm found out. So what's that do? It protects the bench from people who are going to the bench to lie. Because people, you got to have a lot of nerve to go up on the bench and to lie about somebody yeah. if you know that I'm going to get the penalty that they would have gotten. I love and that. So, yeah, it protects yeah. the bench. And I, I can even think, that. too, Sam, like, um, I, I want to get your thoughts, too. I mean, the L.A., I'm sure the justice system, and you mentioned with all the attorneys and stuff, is pretty crazy in L.A. Um, I think he just has to get a drink of water real quick. But, um, <laughs> he just with, walked uh, out the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. Um, with... Uh, so like in, in L.A., you know, you have like whatever the legal infrastructure is there with different district attorneys, you know, doing cutting deals and stuff like that. Like you can ma imagine if that was that standard was put in place like in L.A. and all of a sudden gets to word that this one prosecutor was malicious in regards and he wanted to get this guy 80 years, like two life sentences. And it turns out he was lying. And next thing you know, this high rule attorney is getting two consecutive life sentences instead of the other person. I think right away. That would set a precedent for people. That's going to really, change things. Yeah. yeah. People say, oh, shoot, I don't want to go to jail. I'm with right. you, you dude. Know, we'd have problems with, like I said, the whole – we'll cross the bridge when we get there, but it's got to start somewhere for sure. Guys, uh, I've just got the signal from Aaron that we might be getting too close to the truth, so he gave us a signal to wrap it up. Uh, I got to tell you guys, this has been one of my favorite conversations. When I started this show – this is what I wanted. I wanted to have people come on who might come from a different angle and have a real conver a gentleman's conversation. Now, the yeah. rule usually for me is the first one who yells loses. I was yelling. <laughs> but, so I'll take the L on that. But I wasn't yelling at you. I was just yelling out of passion. You guys are always welcome on the show. And uh, Thanks, I would bro. love to continue having a conversation down the line. Thanks. Do it again. Pick another topic. And we have a fun conversation because what we found here tonight is even though we come from two different angles, we are more alike than we are different. And that has always been yep. my point on this show. And I respect all faiths and all religion as long as you want to love and treat with love your fellow men. So could you guys just real quick as we wrap it up, Give our listeners where they can find more of your stuff and uh, where they can go to listen to your podcast. So I'll start with the overall, then you give cultists. Yep. Okay, so ApologiaStudios.com. It's A-P-O-L-O-G-I-A Studios.com. All of our podcasts, all of our shows, everything is there. You can also go to Apologia Studios on YouTube. There's tons of actual conversation on the street, public debates over different issues. Hopefully yeah. you'll see a lot of gracious and loving, important conversation there. So tons of stuff there. You can also get us at Apologia Studios on Facebook. Yeah, and we just launched a brand new website for cultish called thecultishshow.com. So definitely check that out. You can check out. We're going to have a blog. We have a blog that we're launching. Going to be a bunch of different contributors. And you, we have about 30-somewhat episodes. You guys just crossed 200, right? Yeah, we're, yeah, we're, uh, we've we been hauling. So we're very – and, dude, we haven't even begun to <laughs> – we've just scratched the surface. So it's wonderful. Same here. Yeah, we're, we're uh, maybe 30-somewhat episodes in. And we're just – we actually – the last person we talked is pretty amazing. They came out of Christian science. And they were – I mean, imagine growing up your whole life believing you could never go to a doctor, uh, no matter what. Oh, my and God. Learning a, yeah. And so that was the last one. And just talking about – I mean, you're talking about people into the new, into the occult and mystics and crystal balls and all that sort of stuff. The founder of Christian Science, a bunch of crazy stuff I never knew. I was pretty much a fly on the wall. So, yeah, check out thecultishshow.com. 
we've got a bunch of great interviews and we have a lot of great content as well too so uh love love being on here guys this is yeah fun. man we got always welcome back gentlemen anything big you have coming on please come back on let's have these fun conversations because i think this brings people together love and respect to cultish congratulations on your 30 may you have another 30 and 30 after that and we will talk to you guys soon and hopefully we'll see everybody in santa cruz take care everybody thank you guys absolutely